0: Welcome back to another season of Back to the Futures presented by 78 Sports. My name is Owen Shadrick Thank you guys for watching and listening. It's great to be back here talking a little baseball. It is opening week for college baseball. This is the Division I College Baseball opening day special. It is also the start of season six of Back to the Futures. We have so many great guests and episodes coming up for you this season. But first, just we wanted to... Shout out Pete Wilk, who this week was unfortunately diagnosed with brain cancer and has begun chemotherapy. Pete, we want you to know that everybody at the Futures League and in the baseball community has you in their thoughts and prayers, and we want you to go out there and kick cancer's ass. Now, on the season six premiere of Back to the Futures, we have five guys from around the country who talk about their opening days, including Jerron Watts-Brown from Oklahoma State, formerly the of the Brockton Rocks. Will Andrews of Wake Forest and the Nashua Silver Knights, Danny Crossan of Northeastern and the Westfield Starfires, Brian Hart from the New Britain Bees and Hofstra University, and Kyle Wolf from the Nashua Silver Knights and Boston College. Great to get all those guys' perspectives about opening day and their off-seasons and what they've done to prepare for the moment they've been waiting for, just as we have for a long time, and that is baseball season. It begins today on Friday, February 18th with opening day for Division I. We wish all of our Futures League players the best of luck going forward. And for now, we want to get you to this episode. So here is the season premiere of Back to the Futures. And we start with Jerron Watts Brown of Oklahoma State. We are here with Jerron Watts Brown, former Brockton Rock and current Oklahoma State Cowboy. Jerron, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well, man. And ready to get started, honestly. Ready to get started
0: yeah, last time we started, you were in the futures League with the Brockton Rocks. now you are at Oklahoma State, but you didn't start there. you just you just landed out Oklahoma State. Why did you choose them out of everybody you could have transferred to in the uh, in the portal?
1: um honestly because of the culture that they have here. Um, starts with the coaches goes down to the team with Rob um and Josh they they're the two guys that have really pushed me to be the best guy I can be. Um, they're there for me and they want to see everybody, not just myself, but everybody do the best that they can. And they're going to help everybody become the best person that they can be. And then the team, um, they had a lot of guys coming back that is a strong part of what their team was, like Rock, Marcus, and Nolan, um, just big pieces of their team. And I think that the culture that I've came into with the team and also with the, the other transfers, it was, it was something that's a little bit different, but it it's seemed to click so far.
0: Yeah. And there's been plenty of guys throughout the Futures League and otherwise that have entered the transfer portal and landed on another team. What was the recruitment process like? When did Oklahoma State reach out? Did you reach out to them? How did that work?
1: Um, they had reached out kind of early once I had entered the portal. Um, I talked to Sealy, um, Justin Sealy first. And then that was when Josh was in with Team USA. So the the talking to him was a little difficult because they were like 10 hours ahead or something like that. So um, yeah, it was a little early. And then ended up going on a couple of visits. And when I came here, it was, I loved it and went on a couple more and ended up choosing here.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And was it, what has it been like starting at a new school and getting adjusted to life in Oklahoma? Um, I think the only
1: biggest adjustment was the weather, uh, especially coming from California, uh, the The town and the environment's a little bit similar to to where I grew up in California. So that wasn't too different um it's nice being at a big college you know there's there's the football games there's the basketball games so there's a lot of hype around the sports that that go on here and um I think that yeah the adjustment was the weather and it it, everything was was cool coming in The, the team was accepting everybody was everybody can be themselves so yeah
0: yeah going from California to the Midwest are two very different things
1: yeah yeah
0: And last year, you were an All-American. Your freshman year, you had 111 strikeouts and 73 in a third innings. How did it feel stepping on the mound for the first time in a college baseball environment, other than the Futures League, of course, and delivering that type of performance? Um, You know, at
1: first, I was nervous. I I think that I was making the the moment a little bigger than it was. Um, It was just another game. It was the game since we've been playing since we were four. And I think I just kind of overhyped that and I kind of got better with that throughout the season, just realizing it's just another outing, another game like it was in the futures league and before that. So um, definitely a little easier to just, all right, it's another game, just another start. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a mentality you got to have, especially going into, you know, you're in a new environment. Now you were in a new environment at, uh, at long beach State, it's just about
1: keeping it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keeping it simple and just attacking
0: yeah. So at Oklahoma State, you guys are ranked ninth in the country. What's it like being on such a highly ranked team and getting the chance to help them fight for not only a conference title, but potentially a national title?
1: Um, it's awesome to to have the opportunity. You know, I want to be able to go out there and be, be able to give my team a chance to win every single night. And I think I can contribute to that. And obviously the days I'm not pitching, I'm going to be behind everybody else. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to to be able to compete to try to get a national championship.
0: Yeah, before we get started here with opening day, you obviously had a, a very long off season. So, what have you done to stay ready for the season in the fall and the winter? Um,
1: so when I got over here, it was it was immediate, so straight working on what we what adjustments me and Rob could make and and my mechanics, just subtle movements um, to allow my misses to be a little bit smaller. Um, so working on mechanics, keeping uh, trying to repeat my delivery delivery a little bit more. Um. And then just lifting, um, trying to put on as much weight as possible. And leading up to now, into the spring, we've been throwing every day. We've been getting a lot of bullpens, most bullpens I've thrown in my life, but it's it's making progress. I mean, it's it's helping me a lot. And just we've had air squads every week. So just trying to keep keeping the rhythm of of getting off the mound and keeping the same things.
0: Have they made any indication to you about if you're going to start this weekend, when when your first start would be? Yeah, I'll be starting Friday
1: night.
0: So talk about that for a minute. You know, you just obviously we just talked about you just transferred here from Long Beach State. And now you're named the opening day starter for your new team, the Cowboys. What does that honor mean to you? Uh, I think it was just to be ourselves. And on the other side of that, what advice would you give for kids who are deciding whether or not to play summer ball or those who will are officially on rosters ready to play summer ball this season who might not have already?
1: um I think it is just to go out there and, and work on your craft um there's things that you know you need to work on there's things that you're going to learn from the season that you need to work on and that's the best place to do it um there's no pressure there's no you need to go to the national championship no you're 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 taking each outing and trying to to make yourself a little bit better for the next one and I think that if you can keep that mentality as okay I'm trying to get better each and every outing then, then things will will progress the way you want it to
0: and the Futures League, of course, you're playing Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three guys, and you now have got to experience multiple sides of that. And at Oklahoma State, it's the competition is once again heightened. So, how do you think the Futures League prepared you in that aspect, where you're facing guys at different levels, but also at the D1 level who are playing in these on these high level teams, just like you are? I think it was good in the sense
1: of because that was my first summer at like I didn't play my freshman year at Long Beach, so it was. It was a change from from high school to college. You could sense the pace was a little bit quicker. You could sense that players were getting a little bit better. So I think that it just prepared me in the sense of this is what it's it's like. It's not it's not too crazy, but it's definitely different than what high school was. So it was a little bit of a jump, and it and it prepared me for the next season.
0: Yeah, and that's what everybody talks about is this is going from because that's normally that's a lot of people's first bridge from high school to college is is mm-hmm. the Futures League or these other summer ball leagues where you know, you're facing pretty much the same teams all four years in high school. And then boom, it's like that. You're facing guys that you've never seen and guys who are really good at one level and maybe not the other. Mm -hmm. Different guys,
1: different schools, different, different kind of like the way they approach just batters, the way they approach is all different. So just learning and and picking up on cues um, is part of what the things like paying attention to batters is one one of the biggest things I picked up.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And one thing I've asked everybody so far on this show, and I'll ask you as well, opening day. It's such a great time of year for baseball. You know, we're getting back into it. Pitchers and catchers have reported for the major leagues. We're getting back into the swing of things. For you, what is your favorite opening day memory, whether it's preparation for opening day, an actual specific memory you've had on any opening day? Um,
1: I think, I think last year uh, opening day was – we had Luis from Luis Ramirez throw last year on Friday night. And he um that was just dominant going into Mississippi State and SEC school had just won the championship previously. Um it, it was fun to watch. So that that's definitely one memory I will hold on to.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. We are back. This man will be starting on Friday night for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Jerome, thank you so much for joining me and joining the show today. We wish you the best of luck and all season and on Friday.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much to Jerron Watts Brown for coming on. We wish him the best of luck as he will be the opening day starter for the Oklahoma state Cowboys on Friday night. Good luck to Jerron and the Cowboys. Next up, we have Will Andrews of the 2022 champion Nashua silver Knights. He is on wake forest who is ranked number six in the country. He's super excited to get back on the mound and pitch for the demon Deacons. And he talks all about his off-season, and of course, we had to throw in a little championship talk in there. Here is Will Andrews. We welcome on to our opening day special here, Will Andrews, former Nashua Silver Knight and current Wake Forest Deacon. Will, how you doing today?
2: Doing great. How are you? Good to be back.
0: Doing well, man. Yeah, back into the Futures League mode a little bit, but that's not the big story of the week. It is opening week, which we just said before we hit record that it's it's incredible that it is already here it's Friday for you guys. You face Youngstown State and Illinois this weekend. How are you feeling emotionally and physically leading up to opening day?
2: You know, emotionally, I think everyone uh, gets really excited for opening weekend. It's, uh, it's hyped up around campus. Obviously, it's hyped up on social media. A lot of our guys are, are ready to go. Um, physically, everyone's healthy. Everyone's feeling well, um, hoping to keep our arms, um, you know crisp and ready to go for the whole season but I think this weekend you're going to see see a lot of high numbers on that radar gun for the Demon Deacons for sure
0: that's awesome and yeah you said physically and obviously you are a pitcher so your arm is your crown jewel there what's your off-season regimen kind of when you're trying to protect your arm but also keep as you said get the speed up and and your control and all that
2: yeah, so for a lot of us, they'll send us away to summer league. So obviously, I came to the Futures, and my my goal this summer was to ramp up and kind of get as many innings under my belt as I could. You no know, being a younger guy, um, not throwing a ton at school, um, and then being able to come into the summer, throw a lot. Um, coming back to school, we shut down a little bit. Took about a two-week period um, off from throwing, which you're still playing light catch to 60 feet, but you're not touching a mound, you're not long tossing or pulling down or anything Um, and then after that we kind of get into a whole um, specified plyo ball routine specified workout routine specified mobility routine that's created for us in order to maximize our potential so so yeah
0: you're ramped up the team is ready to go and you guys are ranked six in the country in preseason polls coming out of the winter which is very impressive what does it mean to be part of that
2: Well, you know, it's definitely something that we have to pay attention to just because it's all over social media. You know, people in town are talking about it, your friends talk about it, um, summer ball teammates. But it's something that we also try not to pay attention to as much as we can. We kind of try to put it off in the background. Um, It's easy to get distracted by those things. It's easy to feel a sense of entitlement. Oh, we're ranked number six. Oh, we're ranked number four in this poll. We're ranked number nine in this poll. We don't really need to take teams like Youngstown seriously or teams that we play early in the season. And that's just the polar opposite of what we want to do. You know, Youngstown has a great ball club. Illinois has a really good ball club. A lot of these teams that we play early in the season are sneaky, really, really good baseball clubs. So it's, it's nice to see that number beside your name, but it's also something that we try not to pay attention to and just, you know, play the game and play ourselves every time we go out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's really important, and you see it in these other college sports, and even in professional sports, where people get, you know, in their heads and add pressure to themselves about how good they are, you know, in the regular season. But what matters is the as at the end of the day, it's it's what happens at the end of the season.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: And you know, we talked about a couple of teams that you guys are playing, but you're in the ACC. It's a tough conference in any sport, but especially in baseball. What do you believe you guys need to do in order to win the ACC and potentially go beyond that and win more?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I think in order for us to kind of maximize our potential in the ACC this year, you're going to see a big um, step up in what we were able to do with our bullpen. So last year, um, we had a couple key pieces. Um, My roommate, Camden Manasseh was one of our key pieces. Lights out in the beginning of the year. Lights out almost all year, actually. Um, you know, he's really stepped up this offseason. He's stepped up preseason. He was ranked the number five reliever in the country. And we made some additions with Sean Sullivan from Northwestern. We made um, another addition from um, Tulane with Michael Massey. So we got a lot of guys that have been added. Um, we got Cole Rowland from, from Dartmouth. So I think that for us to kind of um, find ourselves at the top of the ACC at the end of the year, it's really going to be up to our bullpen guys and how how strong we're able to hold each other throughout the whole year.
0: And of course you are a part of that bullpen and we'll talk about Nashua specifics in a minute, but you closed primarily there this summer. Do you see yourself closing at all at Wake Forest? Have they told you what your kind of role will be out of the bullpen?
2: Yeah. So I will not be the closer. Camden will be our closer. Um, he's like, he's the high energy lights out kind of guy throws upper nineties, upper eighties slider. Um, I think my role this year is still yet to be determined. Um, I think that's going to be based on how our games early in the season go and who, who's doing good, you know, who's struggling a little bit and based on the opportunities that I'm given, we'll just see kind of what happens from there. I I would assume that my role would be to face a lot hand, a lot of right-handed hitters. Um, That's what I would do last year. I'd come in if there were three righties in a row or if there was a righty that needed to get out and if we were in a pinch late in the game. So I I assume that's probably what it'll be, but you never know. So
0: and I guess, how much do you think about that as, as a relief pitcher when you're coming into the game and stuff? I, I would assume not that much, right? Because it's just stay ready and come in as as needed type of thing?
2: Yeah, 100%. As a reliever, you kind of have to be ready to think on your feet and be ready to rock at any time. Um, it's definitely easy for, as a younger guy, or and even for our younger guys this year, to kind of get caught up in the situations that you're coming into. But as you mature and you get older, you you slowly realize that you kind of just have to be prepared for any moment. But there's definitely um, certain moments that you need to be um, even more prepared for than, than others. So for me, that's to face right-handed hitters in the middle or late in games.
0: Yeah, you would certainly be called upon at Wake Forest, just like you were at Nashua this summer. And I do want to ask kind of a general question before getting into the specifics. How did this summer in Nashua and with the Futures League Help you prepare for this upcoming season at Wake Forest.
2: Oh, it helped me prepare a ton. Um, after coming off a season where I didn't throw a ton, you know, I got a I got a good amount of appearances um, here for the Deeks. But being able to go into Nashua and knowing that what my role was going to be and knowing that I was going to be able to come out of the pen every day, um, especially when there was a safe situation, that was super important to me. I think the most important thing was coming into games where something was on the line. Um, The games were always close. The games were always late. Um, So being able to learn how to control my adrenaline, being able to learn to control the runners late in games, being able to um, control even the crowd late in games, being able to control my catcher, all that sort of stuff.
0: And you want to talk about pressure and game on the line. Let's talk about the ninth inning of the championship. You came in about the save. Nashua wins one of the best championship games we've ever seen in the Futures League. What was that like coming in after Kyle Wolf hits that home run and you guys are going crazy and yeah. you know, anything could possibly happen in the bottom of the ninth?
2: Yeah. So I was actually in the dugout in the ninth inning when that whole spiel was going down. Um, I was standing there. I was standing there with my boy, George Welch um, and we started to get some runners on base. Obviously we were down. Um, so I kind of trotted my way down to the bullpen. We just kind of hanging out down there and, um, and then Kyle stepped up to the plate. Obviously, I'm just standing there kind of holding the ball, thinking that, you know, maybe I might get in this game. I might not. And Kyle hit, hits that home run to put us ahead. And immediately my heart and my adrenaline just start going crazy. Um, I start rapid fire, throwing, getting ready in the bullpen. Kind of screwed myself. I probably didn't throw as many warm-up pitches in the bullpen as I should have. But, you know, in those situations, it's hard to it's hard to prepare for that. So, yeah, that going into that game and being able to finish it out for – for the silver Knights and Nashua and, uh, the, the red team. That was awesome. That was really awesome.
0: And again, talk about that for a minute. you talked about your adrenaline and yeah. that obviously that'll be applied at both Wake Forest and Nashua. So how do you 100%. calm yourself down in those situations? Is it, is it kind of telling yourself that it's not a big deal or is it just more like, let's go out there and pitch? Like, I'm just curious myself. Cause yeah, man, it's crazy. So that you guys can pitch in those situations,
2: of course. So I'm a big believer that pressure is a privilege. So like being able to, put yourself in situations where there is a lot of pressure, like that's something that you work for. So that's a privilege. And the way I kind of deal with the adrenaline and pressure is through breathing. Our pitching coach here, Corey Muscara is huge on that. Um, so when I'm on the mound, I try to control my breath as much as I can. Um, deep breaths in, um extremely hard exhales. Seems funny. Sometimes you could probably hear me breathing on the mound and exhaling if, if the game was quiet, but a lot of the time I, I kind of talk to myself, kind of calm myself down. Um, but I'm also, I also get very locked in. So sometimes I don't, I don't exactly remember what's going on out there. I'll be talking to myself, talking to the hitter, talking to my catcher, all that sort of stuff. So.
0: Yeah. It's definitely about the breathing. That's what I assumed you were going to answer. Cause it's, it's, yeah. it is crazy, especially, you know, in the, in summer league where you've been working all summer from May to what middle of August and you know, everything comes down to the ninth inning and you you went out there and delivered. So that's, yeah, talk about cool under pressure. You, that was the definition of it right there.
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure.
0: And you've mentioned a couple times so far in in this interview, but you know, you are your redshirt sophomore at Wake Forest. You are one of the younger guys, but in the Futures League, you're around so many guys with college experience. You mentioned George Welch, your coaches like Kyle Jackson, and even more of your teammates who have been through the through the ring or the past couple years what have they taught you and what did they teach you this summer that will help you going forward uh in your career at wake forest
2: um i would say that a lot of the stuff that i learned this summer came from a lot of the guys that were in the bullpen you know it's like our little our little bullpen gang down there we had me we had george welch we had lt hooray we had a bunch of guys that, that played a huge role in the way that Nashville was able to make its run. Because as you know, I mean, we, were, we went from worst to first. When I got there after driving up from Maryland after our regional, I mean, we were, we were not in a good spot. So I think being able to rely on guys who had already kind of been there and who had played in Futures League um, years before and even before I even got there. I mean, those 15 games that they had played were extremely valuable to kind of knowing who we are, who we were as a team. Um, and then having a guy like Kyle Jackson, k Jacks, um, obviously professional experience, so he knows what he's doing. He was an easy guy to talk to. He'd give it to you straightforward. So I think that kind of having someone like Kyle and those guys like George and LT and all, all the boys that were down in the bullpen was um, played a huge role in kind of mentoring me into, into becoming the closer for Nashville and also just becoming the, the pitcher that I am today.
0: Yeah, and you talk about all those bullpen guys cuz and that it was crazy cuz the last time we had back to the futures was the championship special and a lot of the yeah. story was Nashua was not very good to start and then yeah people start coming back from regionals and you guys are a completely different team in July and August and it was incredible 100%. to see
2: that Yeah, yeah. Um it was definitely fun, you know, getting up there. We got we had a good friendly group of guys. Um I don't think the Silver Knights are who they are without um, Zach Gitshire. You know, he's 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 a funny guy. He always brought some comedic relief when we needed it the most. And he also brought a lot of intensity when he come into games and he just throw a bunch of cutters. Throw a bunch of cutters. You know, he knew his role. He was coming in to get people out in long relief. Um, and then, you know, being able to have a guy with a good sense of humor is, is necessary for every good team that needs to make a run.
0: Yeah, Gitch was definitely the man for Nashua. That's the man. That was, yeah, that was what I heard all season and and heard from him too. It, it, was, it
2: was great to see.
0: Yeah. And another cool thing about the Futures League is the amount of players that are from each division. But you will see you should see many of them this summer across the diamond when you're playing for Wake Forest. What's that going to be like? Just seeing guys that you were maybe even teammates with and opponents with in the futures league on the other side of the diamond in the college uh baseball spectrum.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to see some guys. We were supposed to play Niagara this first weekend, and our shortstop Brady Deschardins was supposed to be down here. Um, unfortunately, I think they decided not to come down and make the trip, so that was disappointing. I was super excited to see him, um, but we head to Coastal in uh, in a couple of weeks. So um, Liam Doyle, who was with us for a little while, he he's a pitcher for them. I think he's probably going to be a late inning relief guy for them, um, a closer, from what I've what I've talked to him recently. So I think it'll be super fun to see him. Obviously, there's some other guys scattered throughout the ACC. Um, got some guys at Pitt. Got some guys at BC. So it'll be really, it'll be really cool to see them when you know when we cross paths. Not sure when those paths will cross. Whether it'll be ACC tournament, postseason, or regular season. But it'll definitely be fun to catch up with those guys as soon as we see them.
0: Yeah, it's always cool seeing those stories unfold. And Will, this has been great. We got one final question for you, just to wrap it up here. What is your favorite memory from any opening day that you've ever had, whether it was college, high school, Futures League, whenever?
2: Yeah, I'd say my favorite opening day memory is honestly the night before opening days. Um, My roommates and I, you know, we've kind of made it a tradition. We like to watch Gladiator the night before, get fired up for, uh, for opening day. But it's always cool to, you know, walk into the stadium, walk out of the tunnel and see see people out there for the first time because you spend your whole fall, you spend your whole um, preseason with nobody in the stands, which sometimes it can get very dry. It can get very, um, it can get repetitive. But th- that first time you walk out there when the lights are on and there's people in the stands and you, you can smell the food and all that sort of stuff. That's definitely, uh, I think that memory is just the feeling of opening days. what's the most important to me. Not anything, not any specific game.
0: Yeah, there is nothing like opening day in any sport, but specifically and especially in baseball. And it's going to be great to see.
2: 100%, super excited.
0: Will, thank you so much once again for joining us here on our college baseball opening day special. We wish you and Wake Forest the best best of luck this
2: season. Thank you. Go Red team.
3: Hold on, we'll get right back to Back to the Futures. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 sports can help you put together the perfect at home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 sports design and install hundreds of at home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 sports website at 78 sports.com. That's S E V E N T Y. The number eight sports.com for a limited time only. By just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly
0: scheduled programming. Next up, Danny Crossan, Mr. Starfire himself of the Northeastern Huskies. He was an inaugural member of the Starfires back in 2019. He's now a veteran leader in the Northeastern Clubhouse and is excited to see what the Huskies have to offer. He is also a member of that stacked CAA conference that we will discuss later on in the show with Brian Hart, but Danny's excited for another year at Northeastern, and we're excited to have him on the show. Here is Danny Crossan, a member of the Northeastern Huskies. It's Danny and Danny, how you doing today? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. And just right off the bat here, how has the offseason treated you in terms of preparations for the baseball season?
4: Ah, uh, the offseason's been great. It's been good to be around a lot of new teammates, get back with the guys, and we've kind of just been practicing and listening every day. Teams looking good, so we're excited to get this thing started.
0: Yeah, we're excited to see all of our futures league members heading into the season here. What have you done personally to stay in shape for the new season?
4: Um, for me it's been a lot of We have team lifts pretty much three four times a week so it's been a lot of that but outside of that it's been a lot of kind of just trying to find ways to keep my body rested try to improve flexibility whether that's doing yoga or just doing some extra arm care with our trainers just finding every little way to get a little bit of an advantage and just make sure that i'm ready to go from the very start
0: yeah and you said it earlier off the top you are meeting some of the younger guys you're a veteran presence in this locker room along with the other returners how important is that to be a veteran presence in the locker room for these guys that are coming in and are new to the college baseball scene
4: yeah it's definitely important to just try to help set the tone let them know like what type of culture we're trying to build here but also they're coming from high school they haven't really experienced the full grind of a college baseball season so they aren't used to the amount of practices lift all that so kind of just being here to help guide them through that is really huge to help them try to get off to the best start they can, but also just to help build that culture. It's awesome to have veterans around and kind of just help out. I know I had some great veterans when I was a freshman, so I'm just trying to do what they did for me and help these guys out.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about this on back to the futures before, but one of the aspects of Northeastern baseball is playing at Fenway South at JetBlue Park, which you get the chance to do again this season. How much are you looking forward to that especially now with you being a veteran you having done that before
4: i'm looking forward to it a lot you know it's been a couple of years since we've got the chance to go down there and play them and i feel like those first two times that i played i was a freshman a sophomore i hadn't really played a whole lot and it was kind of just like wow like look where i am but i feel like now i'm ready to go out there more and try to compete with these guys but also just take a minute look around take it all in and really experience like enjoy the experience of being down there. It's awesome to see those big league guys play, see how they go about their business, and, you know, just going to go out there and try to play the best game I can.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Red Sox this season, but one thing they definitely have on their calendar is that matchup with you guys. Definitely. And we have had Coach Glavin on this podcast before. He spoke the world of you and the rest of your teammates there at Northeastern. What has he meant to you, and what is the biggest thing that he's taught you about the game in your years under him? Um, he's
4: done a whole lot for me. He's really helped guide me throughout this whole time here from a freshman. I'd say the biggest thing that he's really done for me is just helped instill like a great work ethic. Just helped me understand what it takes to be great. Like he's gone through it. He played college baseball here. So he knows what this experience is like, but he's also gone on to play minor league ball and then a little bit in the majors. So just to be able to understand his experience, what he went through to get there and how much work it takes and seeing how much work he puts into it has really helped instill that great work ethic in our whole team. And especially in me, from the very beginning.
0: Yeah. And he talked about that too his time in the minors and the majors and how he tries to reflect that in his, his coaching. So that's great that he's teaching you that in your many years at Northeastern here and switching gears, we'll go to some futures league talk now. For just right off the bat, obviously you played for the Westfield Starfires. You were one of the founding members of the team. What are your fondest memories from your time in the Futures League?
4: Oh, man, there's a lot of them, you know, being a part of the Westfield Starfires that first summer was really special. Just knowing that we were building something new. We're starting a new organization we're setting the foundation for that. That was awesome. Just That was my first experience playing with guys from like all over the country, so Getting that chance to uh, work with all those guys, see how they work, get to travel around New England, go to places like Nashua with all those big crowds. It was really awesome just to experience like college summer baseball for the first time, and the Futures League did a great job providing that. And then this past summer, I got to go back and throw out a first pitch. So just to see where Westfield's at now compared to where it went, was when I was there, awesome to see how they've grown, seeing them now make the playoffs. So a lot of fond memories being out in Westfield.
0: Yeah, it was definitely fun watching you guys those first couple years, even though, you know, the record didn't exactly show, but you guys were definitely having fun out there, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. And going general here, how do you think the league prepared you for college ball at Northeastern? You were a young guy going into the Futures League, and now here you are in 2023, you know, ready to go for Northeastern. So how did this Futures League prepare you for that?
4: So for me, the Futures League was really the first opportunity I got to play like a full college season. My freshman year, I didn't play a whole lot. So when I got to go out to Westfield right away and play almost every day for an entire summer, it really helped prepare me for how tough the season can be on your body, on your mentally and all that. So just getting that chance to go out there and play. I think it was like 40 something games that summer I played and then. Being able to use that experience and understanding what it takes to keep the body right, keep the mind on the game, keep focused throughout that whole time, really has helped me add Northeastern as we play a 50-plus game schedule here for a couple months while also going to school, so it's a lot, and it takes a lot of work, so being in the Futures league really gave me that opportunity to prepare for the Northeastern season.
0: Yeah, and that's great. And that leads perfectly into my next question, which is there's plenty of guys out there who are considering or are still deciding whether they want to play summer ball or not. How important do you think summer ball is, especially for these younger guys who have not touched a college baseball field yet and are trying to prepare to go to the college level?
4: Yeah, I would definitely recommend trying to play summer ball. Honestly, from getting all that experience and playing all those games is great but also just getting to have those experiences playing in front of these awesome summer ball crowds, living away from home potentially. It's just, it's an awesome experience. to get to meet some great friends from all over the country. You get to see how other schools work and you can bring stuff that helps you to your school. So playing summer ball is awesome. It's one of the best ways to prepare yourself for the college season. And it's also just a great way to have fun and play some ball over the summer.
0: Yeah, it's certainly been fun to watch and and play of course for you and going to northeastern you'll see plenty of current and former futures league players throughout the season what are those interactions like especially the guys that you were on the teams with at in westfield and otherwise
4: Uh, it's always fun seeing guys that you played with over the summer you know whether it's before the game and you just get a stop by and say hi or whether it's in the middle of the game you might hit a single or a double and one of those guys might be in the infield and you can give a little crack a little joke with them or just say hi. And, you know, it's always fun being able to catch up with those guys that you played with a whole summer. You basically lived with them for a summer, you know? So those experiences are great. I love seeing guys whenever I get a chance and just being able to catch up with them is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. There's gotta be some extra, extra talking going on with the guys that especially the of guys that you played with if you are around on the bases.
4: Of course, whenever I see them, I always say hi or whatever. And it's just always good to see them and, be able to catch up even if it's just for a split second on first base while well, something's going on, you're just getting ready to go.
0: Yeah, of course. And a couple more questions here. First off, what are the emotions like heading into opening day and what has the scene been like in in the Northeastern locker room?
4: Uh, it's a lot of excitement. Everybody's kind of a little antsy, ready for the season to get underway. You know, we've been working since the fall through the winter and all that. So just we're excited to see that work. Get put out on the field it's been good we've been able to get outside a little bit now get onto the field so we're a little ahead of where we've been in the past but you know everybody's just excited a couple days away you know we're all just ready to get down to greensboro get this thing on the road
0: yeah it is almost that time and final question for you danny you've had a lot of opening days in your career what is your favorite opening day memory if you can pinpoint just one. Oh man um
4: to be honest with you, my opening days haven't always been the best. So freshman and sophomore year, I hadn't really played a whole lot, but sophomore year, we gotta go down to Alabama, see that crowd. That was awesome. And then last year I unfortunately I was hurt. So I didn't get to really play that year to start this. So this will be my first opening day fully ready to go. So I'm excited to get that underway, but I'd say Getting the chance to go down to Alabama, I came into that game. Just that crowd was awesome. So it's always good to go down south and see these big crowds come out for that first weekend.
0: Yeah, those crowds down south are incredible. And that culminates at the end of the year in Omaha, for sure, when those crowds are just insane and and yelling and all that. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us here on our college baseball opening day special. We wish you and Northeastern the best of luck, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, always good to talk with Danny, who, again, as I said, he's a he was Mr. Starfire back in 2019, and it's great to see him thriving at Northeastern. Next up, we have our first returner on the show is Brian Hart, who will be back this season for the New Britain Bees after a great campaign last season. We got into talking about the transfer portal as he is now at Hofstra from Stony Brook. We also talked about kind of adjusting to his clubhouse and also, of course, the campaign with the Bees and what led him back to the bees in 2023 our first returner on the show it's brian hart we welcome on our next guest here on the college baseball opening day special he is on Hostra and also a member of the new britain bees he will be returning for the summer of 2023 which we're very excited for it's brian hart brian how you doing today
5: i'm doing great today i'm really excited to get started thank you for having me
0: yeah of course man and, and right off the bat here hofstra is a new school for you a new environment as you have transferred entered the transfer portal from stony
5: brook uh, what was that process like getting recruited to Hofstra? Um, it was real interesting to me. Um at a high school, cylinder was my only offer, so I didn't have to go through much of a um recruitment experience. So going to the port, I didn't really know what to expect. but the the bees gave me an opportunity to really showcase myself in front of college coaches. And once Hofstra called, they were already one of my top choices. And um, I loved the school. I loved the coaches, loved the environment of the team. So it was just a perfect fit from day one.
0: And talk to me a little bit about the transfer portal here. You're not the only one that we've had on the show who's gone through it. What are what are kind of the elements of it, especially for someone like you who has already has a year of a college experience under their belt?
5: Yeah, it was um, it was interesting. That was something coaches. I didn't pitch a lot my freshman year, so coaches really had to watch uh, Futures League games and see video of me and hear from other coaches. I guess it's I guess it's interesting. I guess it's like a little bit different because as a freshman, they know you have four years left, and when you tra- when you transfer in. From different school, they expect you to make an immediate impact. So it's a little bit of pressure, I guess, on you when you first get to campus to really impress the coaches and show that you belong there. And I've talked to a couple of these guys
0: about pressure as well. How do you kind of restrain that a little bit and kind of keep yourself in the moment without allowing the pressure to get the best of you?
5: Uh, me personally, I just try to remember it's a game. It's I've been playing this game since I was five years old. And yeah, it's college. We're on a big stage going to these, trying to go to regionals, super regionals, college world series. But at the end of the day, it's a kid's game. So you just got to have fun with it and play like you're a kid.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
5: And you talked about it, the coaches, the players, et cetera. But why Hofstra specifically besides those things, obviously? What drew you to upstate New York? So I really like the coaching staff. Coach Frank Cattellanato played 14 years in the major leagues, um, did a great job with NYT in 2019, took him to the college world series from a below 500 team in one year. Coach Rojas, I've heard great things about him. So I was really excited to get working with him. And just the whole coaching staff in general. We just added uh, Reed Gurecki. who I played four years for in travel ball. So I'm really excited about him coming. But um, yeah, I mean, it was closer to home. Uh, I mean, I just love the campus. I love the environment. I saw what their team did last year and how they brought into the coaches. And I really wanted to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And coaching staff is obviously super important, especially for you who's going to a new school. So that's great that you're already connecting with them like that yep. right away and it is opening day opening day is friday how are you feeling going into uh friday's game
5: man i'm, I'm stoked we're all super excited at hopster uh we've been preparing for so long we're trying to defend our caa championship uh open up at florida gulf coast very good school but we know we can compete uh we have a really good rotation uh our friday guy like mark faiello who played in the Futures league a few years back Um, We have a great lineup. Everybody's returning from last year's championship team. So we're really confident and we think we could do some really good things down there.
0: Yeah. Mark Fale, a former pitcher of the year, a finalist here in the futures league. And he'll, so you said he'll get the nod uh, on Friday. Yes. And have they told you what kind of role you'll be playing, whether you'll be starting or coming out of the pen?
5: Uh, I will not be starting uh, right now um, this first week, but I'll probably be like a long relief guy at the pen, first guy out kind of guy.
0: So talk about that. That's kind of the first time we've had that here on the show. Long relief is super important, obviously. It can keep you in games if something happens to the starter, God forbid. So what is your mentality when you have to come out of the bullpen and maybe give them a few extra innings than you were expecting?
5: Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my mentality out the bullpen, I just need to come in, come in throwing strikes, come in and compete, especially if I come in with a base-loaded situation, first a second, really close game. Um, so my job really is just to keep the game close, keep the game – and hands reach and and just compete and taking me take the team as far as I can take them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously in the fall and the winter, it's important to stay ready for opening day, which is obviously coming up. What have you done this off season, especially with you transferring and all that happened to try and stay ready, strength and conditioning wise.
5: Um, so I joined this place called Amp Fitness in Siasa, New York. They've trained guys like CC Sabathia, Justin Dunn, um, Ryan Dunn, who's a basketball player at UVA. So they do a really good job over there. TJ's a great guy. So I conditioned and lift over there. Um, and throwing wise, I threw with a bunch of my teammates at house since it's so close. And threw with a guy named um Jimmy Joyce, who's in Mariners organization, and he helped me out a lot this off season.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's super important that you're that close and you can get. Uh, early interaction with those guys before you even step on the diamond on Friday. And you just talked about it. You guys are the reigning champs of the CAA. It's a loaded conference. What do you guys need to do to repeat?
5: Um, just keep buying into the coaches. I mean, the coaches are doing a great job and they all brought in last year. Um, with three new teams coming to the conference, Stony Brook, Monmouth and North Carolina a We just need to show everybody that we could do it again. We got ranked third in the preseason poll and I know we can do better than that. So we're really
0: locking in right now yeah we had another CAA guy and Danny Crossan from Northeastern on earlier and he was talking about the same thing it's a loaded conference a lot of talented teams so you know a lot of Futures League a lot of Futures League guys kind of embedded into that conference yeah
5: Mm -hmm. all
0: right and it is time to talk about the Futures League I mentioned it off the top you are returning to New Britain this summer what led that to that decision and how excited are you to be back
5: um, I'm really excited. I'm super stoked to be back. Um, I remember as soon as the season ended, um, in Nashville, I went to Brett, um, the Rosa and I told him I want to come back to New Britain. I just love the spot so much. Love the city, love the fans, probably best fans in the uh, futures league by far. Um, and I love my teammates and a lot of my teammates are coming back also. So it's going to be a, a good experience to be back in New Britain again. Really excited.
0: Yeah. There was a very long list of returners for the new Britain bees this summer, which is great. And one thing, you, you mentioned that you were a younger guy when you were on New Britain. What was the biggest thing that you learned in your first summer in the Futures League?
5: The biggest thing I learned is just have fun. That's what I really took from this summer. Uh, I didn't try to take it too seriously. I think I still never I pressed really, like, a lot. So I just learned to have fun, and my teammates helped me with that also. John Kiss, who's returning, Benny Wilson. They always kept me, you know, light and not trying to – they would try to make me – have fun, you know? So that's something I learned and that's something I have to take into account going into the season.
0: Yeah, and I've talked to many guys on this podcast who have played in New Britain and they always say it's something special. There's a certain buzz in the air, no pun intended, when you're playing in <laughs> New Britain. So so that's great to hear that you're coming back and, and excited about it for sure. Yep, looking
5: forward
0: to so, it. So again, the CAA, we mentioned it, it's packed with not only talented teams, but talented Futures League guys who you will see some more even on your team Do you feel a certain competitive edge knowing that you faced a lot of those guys this summer?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I remember a good amount of Northeastern guys in our conference. So that's the series I'll be looking forward to. Obviously, um, Stony Brook guys that I know. Um, But yeah, I mean, the CA is a great conference. Definitely one of the top in the country. You got teams like Charleston and UCW um, that are always really good. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm just really trying to compete in this conference. And I think we're going to do good.
0: And you talked about it, obviously Stony Brook is in that conference too, so you're going to have to face your former team. What kind of emotions are you are you going to be feeling when that when that game comes around?
5: Uh, it's going to be a really good series, man. It's the Battle of Long Island. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that already know that, but um, it's um, going to be interesting. I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of the kids from Stony Brook, but at the end of the game I'm competing against them and I'm going to do my best to help my team win. So it's going to be a good series, but uh, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it.
0: But yeah, that's great. And it, it's going to be that's got to be fun for you kind of know, like, obviously, you transferred here, you're in a new home, and you get to face the guys that you just, you know, grinded with all season last season. And even some, again, as you said, that have played in the Futures League. So plenty of face time to try and strike some guys out.
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, gonna be looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> and last question here on our Futures League opening day special for you. Favorite memory of opening day, whether it was a college memory, Futures League, high school, whatever. Favorite
5: memory that you have from any opening day that you've had? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'd have to say New Britain B's opening day was really up there for me. Um, That was the first time I ever played in that many fans. It was, um, I believe, Education Day. So we had like 2,000 kids there screaming their heads off. Um, I pitched that game. Didn't go exactly. I wanted, but I still remember the atmosphere, and I knew from that point on it was going to be a great summer.
0: Yeah, those education days are always so fun with all the kids in the stands screaming, and as you said, screaming and yelling their heads off, so that's great. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. You guys face the Florida Gulf Coast on Friday. Good luck with that, and happy baseball season, man.
5: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a great interview. Um, looking forward to talking to you again. Of course, man. Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message
0: from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League. And wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, Zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. Thank you to Mr. Brian Hart, who will certainly be one of the hearts in that bees locker room this summer in 2023. We're excited to have him back. Finally, to wrap up, we've got Kyle Wolf, the hero of the 2023 Futures League Championship and of the Nashville Silver Knights. Kyle talked about his freshman year we got our first freshman here on the show talks about his perspective first time in college ball after his summer with the Futures League getting adjusted with the guys and getting some great knowledge from the veterans and the coaches there at BC here is Kyle Wolf. We welcome on our next guest here on our college baseball opening day special it is Kyle Wolf the hero the Nashville Silver Knights and Boston College Eagle Kyle how you doing today.
6: I'm doing well thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. And we talked about it before we went on air here, but Friday is your not only your first opening day at BC, but it's obviously your first opening day ever in a college baseball game. What are your emotions like right now? And how are you feeling mentally heading into the big day on Friday?
6: I'm really excited. Um, we travel to Pepperdine. We leave tomorrow morning at five AM. So that should be really fun. But I think all the guys on the BC team are just looking forward to playing after six months of working hard, hard in the fall, hard in the winter. And so now opening day has finally come and we're really excited.
0: Yeah. We're recording this here on Wednesday night, Thursday, they'll be heading to Pepperdine. And I just mentioned that you're a freshman, you're in a new environment. What are the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in terms of being new to, you know, BC and now to the baseball scene?
6: Yeah, I think actually adjusting to college. So balancing that schoolwork with baseball, because in the past I've played multiple sports, um, and balancing that school to baseball ratio because you practice three hours, you lift for two hours a day, and then you practice for three hours a day. So it's a long, long day. And then on top of that, I'm taking five classes. I have to have four to six hours of study hall a week. Um, and so find that balance while also like maintaining your body, your health and all that. And so the first semester was definitely hard, but I took some time and now me and my buddies got some, got some, uh, plans down and we're going to go from here.
0: Yeah. That's super important too. And not something we don't talk about much on this podcast, but it's so true, especially as a freshman, you know, that balance trying to find the balance between school. Cause college is obviously no joke. It's balancing school. It's balancing baseball workouts, all that. So that's, you know, that's great that you've kind of, and routine is super important too. So it's great that you found your, your routine and your, and you're getting adjusted here into the, uh, the college scene. Mhm.
6: Yeah, it's been it's definitely been a fun time here at Boston College and I look forward to the spring and to the season.
0: Yeah, and the other thing you have to adjust to obviously is the new locker room where a ton of new guys I mean you're used to that with being in the futures league and in high school and whatever but what has that been like kind of getting to interact with the guys more now that you're uh, on campus?
6: Yeah, the guys have been great. You like become really really close to guys um in college quickly because you're living with them, you're spending Four or five hours a day with them. So, in the locker room, on the field, in class. So, the guys have been great. We've all really bonded, and I can only imagine what the spring will
0: hold. And, of course, one very important thing about being in a college locker room is the veterans that are there, the guys that have been there for a few years and been through the ringer. What have they been teaching you in the fall and, and winter as you prepare here for Friday?
6: Yeah. And just like you mentioned earlier, it's all about routine. And so, that's what they've been teaching me. There's been, we have seniors, fifth years, six years. And so guys who are six years older than me, who are basically adult, like young adults living their lives, they have taught me so much. Um, and I mean, even the sophomores, juniors on the team who have been through different classes, different, already the season, they've just given me little tips along the way that have been super insightful and really helpful into helping me adjust to college and to college baseball.
0: Yeah, and that's super important, obviously, getting to talk to those guys. And from players to coaches, you've got uh, Coach Gambino there and the other BC coaches. How have they helped you get ready for the season?
6: Oh, they've been tremendous. They've helped so much. Um, Coach Gambino, Coach Sullivan, Coach Holt, Coach uh, Coach Vance, and Coach Joust have been super, super helpful. Um, they basically plan out our practices, plan out almost everything for us. And that basically takes the load off of all the players. And so all I have to do is show up and be ready to play and be ready to compete. And so they've helped me with, if it's schoolwork, academic counseling, like academic tutoring, um, my like swing, playing like defense and all that. So it's been super helpful and I can only thank them.
0: Yeah, we've talked to many BC players on this podcast and they've raved about Coach Gambino and the coaching staff there at boston college so shout out to them for continuing to do a good job and i talked to will andrews a little bit earlier on the show your former teammate in Nashville, he is on wake forest who is at the top of the acc and ranked six in the country gonna to be tough to take those down those guys down but uh what what's it gonna be like not only playing against him but trying to dethrone them in the conference it's gonna be cool um
6: basically i will andrews chris katz both played on on nashua with me Great guys. I also have some other really good friends who are playing the Futures League um, this upcoming summer, and they're some of my best friends. And so it's fun to play against them because you know that once you, like, crop, go between the white lines, you're just going to compete. And once you step out of the white lines, you're back to being friends, back to being brothers. So it's going to be really, really cool. And I know someone almost on every single ACC team that we play and New England teams. So that's really cool to play against people who you've played with for so long and you've known for so long. It's gonna be a fun experience.
0: Yeah, I talked to Brian Hart, who's on Hofstra the other day, and he talked about the competitive edge that's gonna be knowing future's league guys going in. So I'm excited to hopefully see you and Will Andrews face off at least once this uh this spring. Hopefully,
6: I mean Wake Forest is really good. So we'll uh I mean like you said, there's six in the country. They got a couple of really good pitchers, some really good position players. And so we're going to try to, when we play with them, try to go in there, just play our game, and we'll see
0: what happens. Yeah, it's the only thing you can ask for on the baseball field. As you said, between the white lines, so that's perfect. And we'll go back to Futures League stuff now. Last time we spoke, you were on the field hosting the trophy for the Silver Knights, and I'll ask you again, what did it mean to get that title To after all the hard work that you put in, especially kind of being there for the first time and, and hosting a trophy at the end of the day?
6: Yeah, it was surreal. Um, I still think about that moment that we're all in the field, like dogpiling and having a good time, like going crazy. Fans are yelling at us and all that. And it was so much fun. Like in my group chat, I still get text in my Nashville Silver Knights group chat every single day. And normally you think of like summer ball teams as you come and you go, people, players come and go. Like, coach, sometimes coaches come and go. But this group was – we had some players come and go, but we were super tight-knit. We had a super tight-knit core. And, like, we still talk to this day. I still talk to a bunch of those guys on a frequent basis. I know they're all getting ready for their seasons, and they're all ready for their for the spring, um, but I miss them. And it's crazy that we did accomplish and we did win a championship because that was, that's your goal at the beginning of every summer. And it was so crazy that at midway through the year, we were in last place and we were struggling and we battled with adversity because it's not, a, it's not a constant line. Like you're going to go through ups and downs um, and that's honestly what made us stronger and made us win.
0: Yeah, and part of that winning, a big part of that winning was you in the top of the ninth hitting an absolute missile to give Nashville the lead 6-5. And then of course it was Will Andrews that came in and closed it out what was going through your head when you were rounding the bases, knowing what you had just done and giving Nashville the lead?
6: Honestly, nothing. I was, I was just like, "Holy cow!" Like, what happened? I, I, the ball hit the bat off of Wyatt Cameron, great pitcher, and I just started rounding first base, and I was just like, "What just happened?" I, just, I was just like, "Make sure you touch second base. Make sure you touch third base. Make sure you touch home plate," because I didn't really know like what was happening. The the crowd was like silenced. Um, and funny you mentioned this because some of the umpires that um, that game up the final game have um, some BC fall games or some of our actually practices, uh, in the past month. And so I've talked to them about that game and what, from their perspective, what they saw and they were, they were just like, it was crazy all around. So, and they were like, it was a, one of the best baseball games you've ever seen from like Back and forth pitching, good on time, like quality hitting. So
0: yeah, it was one of the best baseball games that I've ever seen personally. It was it was insane. The, the amount of back and forth, the great pitching, and it, it just it, it culminated a great season in the futures league with that home run and then Will shutting the door on him. Almost got a little close there in the bottom of the ninth, but but he shut the yeah, door. I mean
6: in. you also can't forget about uh, Jack McDermott's double. Of to- course. Yeah, you, to get me up in, with that situation because, I mean, he was the MVP of the postseason, and he rightfully deserved it. And so I think everyone looks at the home run that was like the go-ahead home run, but you have to look at the other steps along the way. Noah Walker, pit coming out of starting for the first time the whole summer in game three and throwing, I believe it was five or six innings of like shut down versus stacked Vermont lineup. So it wasn't just that one moment. It was a buildup of many different moments along the way.
0: Yeah. That's a great part about that entire championship. It was, you said it, it wasn't one guy, although Jack McDermott, it seemed like it was one guy at one point, but it was everybody, both Vermont and Nashua that just combined to make that such a great championship series. And, and obviously it, you know, ended with you guys holding the trophy at the end of the day.
6: Yeah. I mean, it's a memory I'll never forget for sure.
0: And you talked about it earlier, the Futures League, and and the, how you've talked to guys that have played for it, but how did your the Futures League in general prepare you for your first college season? It's
6: per, The Futures League prepared me tremendously. Um, going into Boston College, if I hadn't played in the Futures League, I felt like I would have been lost in the first month or two of fall ball during Boston College. The Futures League prepared me in a sense that you had division one, division two, II, division three guys who were throwing upper eighties, low nineties, day in, day out, who could throw two, three, four pitches for strikes. Like I was telling one of the umpires who worked the championship game a couple of weeks ago, who was at BC, I was like, Yeah, like I was in the All Star game and it's the first inning and it's a 2-0 count and um the Pittsfield pitcher Isaiah was on the mound uh and he threw me a two oh change up in the all-star game and I'm like, if I just played high school, if I just played travel ball, most likely that's not going to happen. I'm not going to get a 2 change up. changeup. Uh, and so that's how the Futures League prepared me in the sense that it taught me a good approach and what to always, like, to always be on your feet because you never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's a new ball game in the Futures League in the college ball. It's that's what everybody said, and, and that's especially true for you who's a freshman. It's, it's a great stepping stepping stone. And that's great to hear that, you know, things like that, examples like that where Isaiah Mestre is throwing you a change up on a no two count. It you never know.
6: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting it, especially during the hall-star game, and but right then and there lies the competitive juices and how much like an experienced not only a futures league player, but an experienced college player, um, how much you trust his off-speed and you got to be ready for any pitch at any time.
0: Yeah. And it's great to see. And, you know, we're excited for, for this summer and for you. And one final question here before we go, favorite memory from any opening day you've ever had, obviously you're going to make a lot of memories this, this Friday for your first opening day, but any in opening day in particular stand out to you?
6: That's a good question. So I'll go, with, I'll stick with the futures league. And I remember opening the opening night in the futures league, I was coming from high school practice, showed up, no Nashville Silver Knights gear, got my uniform an hour or two before the game. I'm not starting, so I'm like I stretch, warm up, sitting on the bench for I believe it was six innings, six, seven innings. We come up in a pinch. I'm I get called on. Kjax um calls on me in a pinch hit scenario and I'm battling. I feel like nerves are going down on me like I'm I'm going crazy into the box, barely foul off like a pitch, throwing like eighty-eight, I have like an eight or nine pitch at bat, and then end up hitting a double to bring in two runs. Um, and all I heard was my mom going crazy in the stands and some cowbells going off. And uh so I would that was my only at bat of the game. And so just make the most of every opportunity and it was a really fun opening night.
0: That's awesome. Your first taste of a college ball and you're getting to you're getting a double after not really knowing what was going on for a little bit there. But that's that's great to hear.
6: Mm-hmm. And I was honestly more nervous for that at bat, I think, than I was for the championship final at bat in the top of the ninth, which is which is crazy, but we'll take it.
0: Well, yeah, by the time you get to the championship, you played in enough games and enough days where it's like, eh, it's just another at bat.
6: Yeah, but, I mean, when you have the Vermont Vermont crowd roaring at you and, and like, calling you out and booing you, it's, I mean, nothing beats playing Vermont.
0: No, it's and that's what everybody says, and it will, that will stand true for years to come, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with your first opening day on Friday for BC, and uh, happy travels, man.
6: Thank you for having me. Hope to see you soon.
0: You too, man. Thank you to Kyle, the hero himself of the 2022 Futures League Championship, Kyle Wolf, who is expected to have a great season at BC. Well, folks, that wraps it up. The season six premiere of Back to the Futures is in the books. We want to thank you once again for tuning in as always. And once again, folks, we want to give a shout out to Pete Wilk, uh, head coach for the Vermont Lake Monsters. On Vermont Lake Monsters social media, there is a GoFundMe page going, please consider contributing to that. Pete, we love you. We wish you the best. The Futures League and the baseball community are with you 100%. I conclude Season 6, Episode 1 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Thursday. Yes, this is out on a Friday, but we're going Thursdays from now on. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, Pete Wilkes GoFundMe on the Vermont Lakes Monsters. Instagram and Twitter pages. Pete, we love you. We'll see everybody soon.